0: Welcome everybody to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find focus for living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. All right, let's, let's get into the word tonight. I got one point. I'm going to reiterate a couple of points for those of you who wasn't here to get the full effect. Go back and listen to the last couple of Wednesday nights on YouTube or Facebook. John chapter eight, verse number thirty. Uh, I don't think I put it on uh, U version um, because it was like two weeks ago, and so all right, I'll, I'll put it on there sometime tomorrow. But um, it, uh, the reason why I didn't, I had to rush out at two o'clock. Because after fifteen years of service, we had to put my 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 children and wife's dog down, and so yeah. So he's been with Lauren. I wasn't sure, Lauren, where you at? You here, baby? I thought I saw her walk back in. so She walked back out. She's 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 one of the youth leaders, but uh, she was like, I'm not sure if I can sing tonight, Daddy. I said, Okay, baby. And so I was going to change everything, but she helped me bury him and everything. And she goes, I right, I I can sing. I can do it. I'm gonna do it. Said, All right. So, uh, but she was very upset. You know, how about you, Pastor? I'm all right. I'm a dude. And uh, it's, it's a dog. So, I didn't have time to do the other because I was ministering to my family. Now, now listen to me. Because sometimes, stuff that don't mean as much to you mean much to other people. And so, you got to minister to them where they're at. Now, I love the dog, absolutely, but, you know. It's a dog. He's in heaven. All dogs go to heaven. I watched that show. In the Book of John, chapter eight, verse number thirty, the Bible says, "As he spoke." Oh, let me say this too. Uh, in the, or, or, I know you gave me the rundown, Josh Justin, but you know I'm a little old. Um, so, but we're. In the 11 o'clock service, I know that you're honoring me in both services, but in the 11 o'clock services, we're going to honor our other pastors also. Now, it's something that I always do uh, because years ago, I, I realized that, man, they are such a help to me, and I'm thankful for the, what God has brought to our church. So in the, in the Gospel of St. John chapter 8, if you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not, say hang on. Wow. And if not, you're not going to find it, say go ahead. Sitting in Popeye's section. Such a bad influence. He's in the section. I'm just saying he's in the section. As they spoke these words, or as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word and you are my disciples, indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free? They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. Man, they're already in denial. Can I just help somebody right here? That if you're in denial, you're not going to be able to get help until, because what you conceal, God can't heal. So you got to let it Let God, and and listen, you ain't hiding nothing from anything. I think some of us who try to hide what we've been through and hide what we're going through and hide where we are, we're like the little kid that goes, you can't see me. Puts hand over his own eyes and think you can't see because he can't see you. But just because you can't or other people can't see your hurt and your your denial. God knows exactly where you are. He knows what you've been through. He knows how to heal you. And he'll, he, if you will allow Him to, He will get you on the process. Now, I've seen God do it in an instant. I've seen Him do it through a process. And I've seen Him do it over a period of time. So however God wants to work in your life, you just need to go, God, here I am, work in my life. Amen. So he says, we've never been in bondage. And anybody that knows anything knew that the Israelites were always in bondage to somebody. How could you say you will be made free? And you know, it really sounds like the world, don't you? Oh, you religious people are, are the ones that are in bondage. No, no, we're the ones that are really free. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Verse 36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Father, thank you for your word. and Thank you for the freedom that we find in you. Freedom from bondage. Freedom from the, the opinions of people. Thank you, God, for I am free in the name of Jesus. Now, we talked about that there are three dimensions that God wants to set you free from. Maybe probably more, but there are certainly three that God wants to set you free from. And two weeks ago, we talked about how that He wants to set you free from the pain of your past. From the pain of your past. Everybody has a B C. That's before Christ. You know, you, you look at somebody... Like Sister Caps, and you would think, oh, she's always been saved. You look at Sister Bobby, and you would say, oh, she's all, well. Talk to her daughter, because she wasn't always saved. I, you know, of course, her daughter is our secretary, and and uh, and so we was talking the other day. She said something about when you know when my mom and dad, you know, they didn't raise me in church, and I went, wow. It's hard to think back that far, but. Wow. And I, it's hard to believe Sister Caps, Bobby, some of the older ones. I'm not going to call anybody else because y'all like, yeah, I ain't old. But it's hard to think about other people that has a BC, before Christ, that there wasn't always who they are today. How many of us are who we are 20 years ago? I'm not. I pray I'm not the same Christian I was 20 years ago. I hope that I'm better. But the problem with some of us is we've grown colder. That's another message. Let me move on. See, the problem is that I've discovered that one main cause of unhappiness in people is that they're stuck in the past. That they're holding on to past hurts and they can't relate to the present because they're still reacting and or responding to the past. and. You look at everything through the eyes of what you've been through, through the glasses of where you were and the abuse or whatever the case that you were through. But I've come by to tell you that God has set you free. Regret over the way that you were hurt or over the way you hurt people. You've got to move on. He wants to set you free from the pain of resentment. Jesus Christ wants to set you free from that pain so that you can get on with your life. Help me go through this, Charlie. Give me my next one. Oh, there you go. You skipped all of them. Point number two is this. He's like, I'll help you. Boom. He wants to set you free from the pressures of today. There is no telling what I'm going to say or what people are going to do. I don't know. I want to go through them. You you good? All right. What's my next one? I already hit that one. Wasn't paying attention was you. I hit that one already. He's like, I've served this like three times already. Move on for God's sake. I even said that, but come on, move on. For goodness gracious. You're never going to get free from your past. Until God's in your life. All right. He also wants you to help get over the pain of regret. Guilt is a terrible thing to carry around. It leaves you miserable. You were not built for guilt. That's why you got to give it to God. Next one. Most of the time we just try to bury our guilt, bury our shame, and bury our regrets. And, you know, at some point in time, the hole gets deep. And it fills up with all the junk that you've buried in it. And there's just nothing else you can put there. So why don't you allow God to take it and put it into the sea of forgetfulness. And put up a no fishing sign on, in that sea and move on with your life. Come on. God specialties specializes in new beginnings. And man, I want you to hear that. God. God specializes in new beginnings. But pastor, I've started a hundred times. Well, it's a good day to start again. It's a good day to start over again. Because he specializes in new beginnings. Come on. There we go. What is it? God don't quit. That's good. God don't quit. Point number two is what I talked about last Wednesday night. Is he wants to set you free from the pressures of today. And that's the second dimension of freedom. Because life is getting more complex. Life is... Speeding up. Anybody anybody agree with that? I mean, I mean, come on, man. 2020, we only got like two and a half months, and I'm ready. I am ready to be slapped in the next year. Amen. But do you realize that just because the calendar changes doesn't mean your season changes? Just because your calendar changes doesn't mean your season changes. And the way you leave one season determines how you enter into another season. So I want to finish and or learn whatever I need to learn in this season because I don't want to repeat it. I don't want to go through it again. Amen. Amen. Life is getting more complex. God meant for you to have relationship with Him, to be plugged into Him and to gain power from God. You've got to have power. You've tried it on your own. You can't do it. It must have been excellent. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead can raise you up from your problems. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, and I shared this last week, but I was working on my computer and I thought I plugged it in. And I did plug it in, but I didn't connect it. There was one plug into there, one plug in my computer, but there's another little plug that's got to be plugged in. And I didn't realize that it wasn't unplugged or that it wasn't plugged in. And there are so many areas in our life that we're just not plugged into. You're like, where's God? Well, you're not plugged in. I need Jesus. Plug in. Or is, is every area of your life plugged in? Is, the little, is it making connection? Well, pastor, I come to church, and that's great, and you should come to church, because I believe if God is your father, the church ought to be your mother. Amen. You ought to come to church. However, are you plugged in in other areas? Are you plugged in? Just coming to church is not going to change your life. Why? Because Satan is my best member. <laughs> What's my next one? It's Kodak Syndrome. We've got people who are overexposed and underdeveloped. Come on. In the Bible, God, God is compared 42 times to a rock. And why is that? Because he's called the rock of ages, the eternal rock. He's called the rock of our salvation and many others. Why? Because rocks don't give in to pressure easily. Rocks don't crumble under pressure easily. Rocks are strong. Rocks are solid. God says that's the kind of stability and strength I can put in your life if you will let me be the rock of your life. People ask me sometimes, how can you take what you take? And I'll go, it's not me, it is God. How can you take it? My brother told me one time, he said, I wouldn't do what you do for a million dollars. I said, me neither. you got to be called to it. During this pandemic, there, there are 1,500 pastors who leave the ministry every month because of burnout and because of struggle and because of pressure. You've got to learn, whether you're the pastor or the preacher or whoever, you've got to learn to rely on Jesus. And you've got to make sure that you're not that you are not ministering from an empty battery. you got to make sure that God is filling you up. And if He's not, then you need to get alone somewhere with God. The most important thing that I can do for you is not talk to you, is not visit you, but is to get in my prayer closet and get a word from God so that I can bring it to you every and each week. Here's the question, what is the center of your life? If the center of your life is not something that can never change, then you're going to fall apart. Jesus ought to be the center of your life. Point number three. This is the third dimension. He wants to set you free from the pessimism about tomorrow. See, the problem with so many people, you know. and and I'm going to talk a little bit about this. I want to talk a little bit about suicide. Because people don't kill themselves because they hate. Life is because they don't feel like life will ever change. Now, if you could get to them right before they take their life and tell them in the morning things are going to change, and I guarantee it, they would go, Okay. But they have pessimism that tomorrow is going to be a repeat of today. Now, people have asked me, Pastor, have you ever thought about killing yourself? I've never thought about killing myself because I like me. I've thought about killing other people all the time, right? But not me. I like me. So, but the deal is, if you get to the point where you feel like that tomorrow is not going to be different than today, then that's where the devil wants you to be. That's where the devil wants wants you at because... People, this day in time, has lost a lot of faith in a lot of things. I mean, I don't know how many plans we made when COVID hit and still make them. You know, we're trying to decide whether to put a few more chairs in for this coming Sunday. I mean, we're, we're just, we're, you know, and, and, and here's the other side of that. Because no matter what I do, somebody's going to complain. I, I, I've been I've been accused of being reckless because I, I don't make people wear masks, and then I've been called ridiculous because I let people wear masks. I I've been we had church, so you're being reckless, but then you you got too many people in church. Oh, you ought to just throw everything to the wind and let it. Let it, let it, let it. So there's nothing that. I, so I just have to do the best I can, and, and we just have to make the best decisions that we can. And I say to you tonight that if you're still not comfortable with coming to church then okay if you have a suppressed immune system you probably shouldn't come until this goes down a little bit further however don't allow the devil to legitimize your excuse and don't talk to me about you're scared to come to church but you go to concert. and Walmart, and every ball games, and everything else. I'm just saying. Somebody called me the other day and said, Pastor, is, does the church have COVID? I said, no, baby. A place can't have it. People have it. And do people in our church have it? Well, some do somewhere But we're in the name of Jesus. We're all getting through it. Amen. All right, is that 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 okay? Everybody okay? All All right, all right, it's all good. All right, so so most people though are discouraged about personal issues. I meet a lot of discouraged people this day and time. But what is the cause? What is it that causes people to lose hope? And why is it? That they lose hope so quickly. Because when you boil it down, there are two reasons why people lose hope. One, when they're facing a situation that needs to be changed and you can't change it. That's the frustrating part. I know it needs to change, but I can't change it or I don't have the power to change it. I need to change it, but I can't change it. You know, do you know that grumbling and murmuring is the language of defeat? Because when you know you can't change something, you can talk about it. Now, what aggravates me is when people talk about stuff they can change. But they don't do it. Why? Usually because they're lazy. They're not willing to put in the work to change it. Help me, somebody. When you're facing a situation and you can't change it, whether it's another person you want to change or yourself want to change or a circumstance you want to change and you can't change, you start losing hope. Oh, they'll never change. Let me help some of you women out. Do not. Do not. Not get hooked up with some old knucklehead boy who you talking about I'm gonna change him because you ain't especially when they 40 <laughs> You ain't gonna change him because listen every man that meets a girl goes oh, oh Jesus oh she and every woman goes, I'll change him. If he ain't already serving God. If she ain't already serving God. I don't care how fine she is. Because fine changes. And usually fine comes with crazy. (laughs) How do you know? Because my wife is fine. (laughs) But she ain't crazy. I got to go home tonight. (laughs) But you understand what I'm saying? I mean, man, things change. So, you know, don't talk about well, they're, they're a person of God, and they don't go to church. No, 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 no. If they were a person of God, they'd be in church somewhere. I love this story about Kristen, Kristen and Brent Haysecker, our ba- one of our bass players. She, I didn't even know he was dating anybody. She'd come up, hey, how are you? And Brent said, hey, this is my girlfriend, Kristen. And he walks away. She goes, so tell me. How often does Brent come to church? I said, All right. I said, He's about here about every service. So he, he said he spent, the, he spent the day with you watching the ball game just the other day. I go, He was, he was at my house. Okay, so she had more. The pastor knows who he is. You know, don't talk about who's your pastor. Well, uh, 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 That means just, no, no, get out of here. Who's who's that pastor? How did I get on this? I'm talking about when you want to change somebody. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, my marriage is hopeless. It's only hopeless is if neither one of y'all want to change. Our parents will say, I've watched my kids heading off in this direction or that direction and I'm helpless and hopeless to get them back on track. I feel a sense of despair. That's why you got to train them up when they're a child. You can't train a 27-year-old child. Or I see that my life that i have really like to change and I don't want to stay the same. I want to grow. I want to develop. I want to be different, but I just can't get it together no matter what I do. I saw a post today, and if you're watching, I'm not going to call your name, but I hope you listen. They go, no matter what I do, I always just, I, I, I always, I, I'm always just a failure. And I started to write on there, but I decided not. The Holy Spirit gave me a little bit of edit. Because I wanted to write, you're not a failure just because you failed. Somebody needs to hear that. You're not a failure because you failed. You're only a failure when you, when, you, when you refuse to get back up. The Bible says in Psalms that, 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 that a, a righteous man falleth seven times, but he gets back up. It goes back to, I ain't heard no bell. It goes back to, he, he's, you, you got to get back up, baby. All right? So when you face a situation like that, that hope starts to drain out of your life, and you say, I guess I'll settle for second best in life. I guess this is the best I can expect out of marriage. People go, I didn't know marriage was going to be like this. And, peop- and then other marriage people say, yeah, get used to it. Stand up and go, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Because it don't have to be. I'm going to tell you all right straight right now, I've been married to my wife 34 years, 35 in, in February. And we've had some rough splotches, splotches. And it ain't been, oh, every day has been wonderful. No. There's been some times I wanted to kill that woman. And she wanted to kill me. But we didn't. Why? Because we was afraid of jail. But the other reason. <laughs> but the other reason is because we love Jesus. And we know. I remember young in our marriage. Young in our marriage, we were fighting, my God, man, it was bad. It was bad. And we went to prayer meeting because I was the worship pastor. And there ain't nothing worse than fighting with your wife having to go to church and lead something. My wife asked me one time, she goes, how can you get up there and just lead like ain't nothing happening? I said, because they didn't do nothing to me. Right? Jesus didn't change. I can get up here and sing, sweet Jesus. Why did you make me do what I did? I mean, but we but I remember man we were we were fighting and we was at a prayer meeting and I was I was up there quote unquote praying. Yeah, I mean you know what I'm talking about. You ain't really praying, you're just complaining. You praying. God, how could you take her out? But no, I went back and I grabbed her by the hand. And I dragged her to the altar with me. You know what she going to do? Make a scene? You got to know when to pick your battles, baby. And we sit on the altar. That was back in the days, they had altars on there, and we sit on the altar. And I looked at her in her eye. I said, "Did God put us together?" Well, I'm not sure. No. Did God put us together? Yes. Then what God has put together, let no man put asunder. This is the devil, baby. I don't care if it was the devil using me or the devil using you, but if we were meant to be, I'm not going to let no devil come between us and cause us to have this kind of life. Not going to do it. And so, you know, I tell everybody, we've been married 32. We've been married 34, but 32 happy years. About two years collectively, have not been so happy. And the older you get, the more you cease to fight. And I bind the devil in the name of Jesus. Woo, child, child, child. As soon as I say that, I, 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 I like, woo. Now hear me, honey. I know you're watching at home. Hear me. I rebuke the devil. Come on, baby. Rebuke him with me, baby. But the older you get, the less fights you have because you think, that don't matter. that ain't worth fighting over. Ooh, that's just a misunderstanding. Ooh, you know, whatever. Yeah, you got to be careful when you say that whatever. Because that can bring on World War Three. Trust me. Whatever. Oh, don't you whatever me. Boy. Y'all ain't seen nothing like that little four-foot, ten-and-a-half girl, boy. When she, starts, when she starts shaking her head, y'all better run. She don't play. She quit kindergarten because they had recess. She does not play. But there comes number two. The other reason we lose hope and become pessimistic, and that's when you don't know the purpose that God made you for. You become frustrated when you don't feel purposeful. Now, uh, you still got that, you still got that letter thing in your in your office, don't you? Or do, do we finally throw it away? You still got it? Well, there's this, there's this letter. We've had the letter thing now. We had it before we moved in here, so we've had it about 15 years. There was a letter folder. You put it in, bloop, 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 and it comes out folded. And my wife bought it at the key center for a dollar. And here's why. She goes, how much for that? This? She goes, how about a dollar? I don't even know what it is. Now, back 15, 18 years ago, that that was an expensive piece of machinery. But because they didn't know what it was they didn't know how to attach value to it. And when somebody don't know your value, then they don't know how to attach value to you. See, my my, my wife will always say this. When, they have, when you have a rambunctious child, now some children are spoiled because their parents don't know how to discipline. But however, you cannot... You've got to make sure that you discipline without breaking the spirit. Because my, my, my wife will always say, hey, 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 be careful, that's leadership. That's leadership why she just won't conform or why he won't conform. That's leadership. And, and so, so, you know, now, now teenagers don't be going like, mama, that's leadership. That's why I'm disobeying you. Because your mama will say, no, that ain't leadership, baby. That's called grounded. Hand me your phone. And go to your room. But anyway, when you don't know the purpose of a thing, then usually you abuse the thing because you don't know its purpose. So if you don't know man, if you don't know the purpose of a woman, then you usually abuse the thing because you don't know what the purpose is. Women, if you don't know the purpose of a man, well, I'm just trying to get me a man to pay my bills. That ain't his purpose. And a woman's purpose, not, not to fulfill you, dude, sexually. Or to be your mama. Pick up your clothes. Because you, you don't know where the hamper is. Don't get me started. But when you don't know the purpose of a thing, then you abuse it. God. And I know somebody's going to, listen, let me just go ahead and cut you off. Don't come up here after service. Pastor, I don't know what my purpose is. What is it? I don't, I didn't create you. I'm for real. I didn't create you, so I don't know what your purpose is, but you have a purpose. And the Holy Ghost will spend the rest of your life trying to get out of you what he deposited in you from the very beginning of your life. So you've got to come up with I might not know my purpose yet but I'm headed toward my purpose. Why? Because I'm moving. That's right. And it's easier to steer a moving vehicle than one that's standing still. This is good preaching. I believe I'm going to sit down and listen to it tonight. The Bible is very clear everybody on earth, God made them for a purpose and a reason. And The sad thing is most of us go through life, never discovering either the purpose or the reason. Nobody just sails through life. I mean, you know, I sometimes I go through through Facebook and sometimes I'm 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 very sad because all that people are looking for is the weekend so they can go get trashed. I'm like, that is not life. Oh man, remember we got toe up from the flow up. I mean That ain't living, man. That ain't living. You got to learn what your purpose is. Have you ever wondered, what does God think of me? What does God think of me? Maybe you've even wondered, does God even think about me? Dude, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on. It's a big old refrigerator. He said he knows every hair on your head that's numbered. It's not that he gets up in the morning and has to count, because some of y'all, he wouldn't have to count much. But, but, but it just he can't help but know. He can't help but know. So have you ever wondered about that? The Bible tells us that God thinks about us. He said, I know what I'm planning for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. His plans for your life are always plans that are good and filled with hope. You've got to get some hope. Hope is essential. You've got to have hope to cope. You can live 40 days without food. You can live three days without water. You can live eight minutes without air, but you can't live a second without hope. You got to have some hope, man. The moment you lose hope, you're no longer living, you're just existing. When you lose hope, there ain't no hope. So that's why I'm going, man, I don't know how. You know, Pastor, is this the worst of COVID? I don't know. Is this the worst of this season? I don't know. It's been worse for some than others. Right? I know people who have almost gotten rich during COVID. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, God, why can't you know? And then I know people who have lost everything through COVID. And the enemy wants to keep you down so that tomorrow looks like yesterday, but he's a liar. When inevitable tough time comes into your life, who are you going to turn to? I know who I turn to, man. I turn to God. I turn to God. Where is your source of hope? Where is your rock? Musicians come back, so I'll shut up. We're living in a time when change is happening at a greater and greater rate so fast that nobody in this room could possibly keep up with all the changes that are going on in the world. I mean, there's stuff that happens. I mean, do you remember when stuff used to happen in the news It used to take like all week? But now it's like 24 hours. I mean, remember the hurricane that went through Louisiana? We heard nothing else about it. Well, there's a bad hurricane coming through Louisiana. Oh, it's bad. Thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage. People are hunkered down, leaving. On a lighter note. Don't you like to love the way they transition. In other news, on a lighter note, I mean it's a 24-hour cycle now. In this fast-paced, rapidly changing world, everything's up in the air. And you need what I call islands of stability. Things that you can hold on to. You know, I remember one day I was, it was in November, many years ago, and I was, in, I was on my boat, and it was in November, and I, I just took the boat out to go and pray. I used to do a lot of praying on the water. And I was headed out to the Gulf, and I seen this storm coming in. And I go, yeah, I probably ought not go out there. It was November. I said, I probably ought not go out there. So I went to, for those of you who are boaters, I started to go into Shell Island. And I came in at a wrong angle. And my boat was, I I turned my boat off so that I wouldn't hurt my prop and all things. And I was going to let it float a little while to get into deeper water. going to crank it back up and then head in a different angle. Well, when I got ready to crank it back up, it wouldn't crank. And the tide has me and I'm headed out. So in the middle of November, a little chilly, I had on a jacket, I threw my jacket off, took everything out of my pockets. And I thought I'm going to grab the rope, and I'm just going to jump out, of the, out on the bank, which I figured was about probably right here. I'm going to jump out, and then I'll just pull the boat until I can get it cranked. I'll pull the boat into in shore. Well, when I jumped out, the water wasn't here. It was here. And I'm fighting the current. I'm fighting the pull. Of the boat. But I know that if it ever gets me out there, I'm not going to survive. So I fight with everything that's in me. Matter of fact, my hair got wet because I had to go in the water and get a little bit. I had to go a little deeper. I had to go down and get a little bit better footing and pull that boat. And I finally got it up there. And I tied it to a tree. Because I said I've got to be anchored. Because now the wind's starting to blow. There ain't nobody else out there. Everybody else had done come in. And I went, Lord Jesus, and I tied it to a tree. Because I said I've got to be anchored to something that is stronger than the pull of this water. <laughs> the cool thing about this is there was another boat about to go out. I thought, you idiots! They seen me over there. They came over there. They were from another church of God somewhere in North Carolina. I went. They jumped me off and I was able to say, y'all know not not go out there, but that's all right. Thank y'all for being here. The moral of the story is that you got to be anchored to something bigger than you. And I'm going to tell you this. The anchor that I'm talking about is bigger than your family. It's bigger than your spouse. It's bigger than your children. Because you know what? Your children are going to grow up, move out of your house, hopefully prayerfully. They're going to meet somebody. You know, my daughter's been married now for a little over six months and back when she was engaged, she put on Instagram or Facebook, and she said, my guy. And it wasn't me. I know. And I put this, I put this little face on there. I found a little gift, G-I-F, gift, and I, I put it on there and go, and I said, I remember when I was your guy. Because just for a moment, I thought, at dirty, rotten, J-P, has stole the affection of my daughter that I'm not her number one guy anymore. That's going to happen. If you live long enough, either you or your spouse are going to die or y'all going to kill each other. You got to be anchored to something bigger than family. I've told my daughters, and I thank God that my daughters serve Jesus, both of them. And I bind the devil. And I've told my wife, y'all can go to hell if you want to. But I'm not going. I'm not going to live in hell. Job said, "I I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. will live in the land of the I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Which means everything's going to be alright when I get to heaven but I I need some things to be alright now. And that is dependent on my position with God. What's my next one? Am I, am I done yet? A gift is worthless if you never receive it. Wouldn't you hate To realize that somebody had you a gift and you never got it because you never went by to pick it up. You know, if I listen, oh, 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 John and I got to give Charlene because she she helped. I'm sure she helped somehow. Uh, They made me a a snicker pie. Somebody asked me earlier, Pastor, you gonna give us a piece? I said, I ain't Jesus. (laughs) I can't make it multiply, so no. I ain't giving none of y'all none of it. I'm taking it home tonight under armor, or under lock and key and a pistol. And I'm going to eat it all. Popeye I said, it ain't good for you. I said, that's why I'm going to eat it. But wouldn't it? Now, it would be horrible. <laughs> it would be horrible if he made me the Pie, but I never took possession of it. God has given us a gift of His Son. He's given us a gift of forgiveness. You know, I I don't care what religion you are. I don't care if you're Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, Buddhist, Baptist. don't care. I'm not interested. What I want to know is do you have a relationship with Christ? That's what I want to know. You can have, I have Church of God religion. Well, that ain't even a religion. I want to know, do you know Christ? Well, I, I think I do. Well, do you talk to Him? Do you feel Him? Do you allow him to deal with you and even talk to you? Well, Pastor ain't talked to me yet. Well, keep on talking. He'll talk. Or some of you might need to shut up and let him talk. Don't just go and give him your list of stuff you want. He ain't Santa Claus. Not religion, a relationship. Not just do you know about God, but do you know God? Maybe you felt close to Him in the past, but you've drifted away. Maybe you felt unworthy. Maybe you felt, I can't come to God because of all the stuff I've done in my life. You're wrong. God has a gift for you through Christ Jesus. But it does you no good unless you come by and pick it up. A gift is worthless if you don't ever receive it. No matter what I do, God has a gift for you. Now listen, don't... Nobody run up here. Some of y'all know I've done this thing before, but I'm not doing that thing. I got a $20 bill in my hand. Now, it's worth $20. It ain't fake. It ain't counterfeit. But if if I was going to give it away, most, most of you would go, yeah, I'll take that. How many would want that if I, if I was going to give? A few hands, sorry. See, so, you know, some of you didn't raise your hand because some of you like, well, if you ain't going to give it, why would I raise my hand? And that's truth. But how many would want it if I crumbled it up? How about, how about if I stepped on it? What about if I, if I coughed on it? that right? Yeah. yeah. He's seen me do this before. I'm not doing that. I've done this before and gave it away. I'm not doing that tonight. Why? Because I'm a little broke. But here's the deal. No matter what I do, to th- I could even tear it as long as I could find all the pieces. as long as I can find all the pieces and put it back together again, it's still worth $20. I don't care what you've been through. How many times you've been coughed on, spit on, stepped on, pooped on, stabbed, tore. God knows where all of your pieces are. He knows where all of your pieces are, and he knows how to take this piece and put it with that piece and this piece and put it back together and make you valuable. Some have scars, some have hurts, some have some dirt on our lives, but can I tell you that you never lost your value? Y'all have made me do it. I preach till 8:30. You've never lost your value still valuable to God the word of God says I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come in and have fellowship with him I want you to bow your heads with me tonight what do I I have left do I have anything left the fact is there are areas of your life you're never going to get together on your own Is that it? One more. Come on, bring it to me. Is is that it? That's it. It's Wednesday night, man. If you'd bow your heads with me tonight, I want to ask you, not asking you to join this church, but I'm going to ask you, do you have a relationship with God? Does God know where you're at? Does Do you know Him and He knows you? You've asked Him to come into your life and forgive you of your sins. Then that's what you need tonight. And I give you my word, I won't embarrass you, but if you're in this place and you need Jesus, would you just lift up your hand and you can put it right back down and go, Pastor, I need you. I see that hand, sir. I see that hand, ma'am. Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you, honey. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Hallelujah. I want to pray a prayer. Everybody, would you stand to your feet? Singers, would you help me up here? Spirit Life Team, as I pray this prayer, would you begin to move? Would everybody pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life and to gather all the broken pieces of my life and put it back together again so that I will have value. So that I can have hope for tomorrow. Hope for today. And release from my past. In the name of Jesus. I ask you today to be my God. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give Him praise. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, Be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. And we will see you next week here at CRCOG.